Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Roots Running Sessions podcast. I'm Richie Hansen, coach of the Roots Running Project, and this episode we actually recorded back in November with our newest female athlete, Lexi Zeiss, but I got a little bit sidetracked through January and February with race preparations, so didn't get around to posting it then, so we decided to hold off and post it now, which is the day before the U.S. 15K Championships that Lexi will be competing in, along with our other athletes, Maggie Montoya and Aaliyah Gray. Lexi was a 13-time All-American, three-time national champion at University of Mary up in North Dakota, and she's fairly new to the post-collegiate running scene, her first pro race being back in October where she finished 11th at the U.S. 10-mile champs. So we hope she can build off that tomorrow in only her second U.S. championship. Hopefully we can get a top 10 finish out of her as she looks to have a a strong spring both on the roads and on the track. So hope you enjoy learning a little bit about Lexi's backstory, and we'll be sure to get out some more podcasts in the future. All right, thanks for listening. You know, this is what I'm want to do this is like I'm meant to do this I'm meant to start a um, lineup on the line with uh, these runners these are the runners that I looked up to and now I want to be like them hey guys and thanks for tuning in to another edition of our roots running sessions podcast in this episode I am talking with our youngest and newest athlete Alexis Zeiss also known as Lexi Although family, friends want you to go by Alexis, right? Yeah, Lexi. I feel like, if you call me Alexis, I feel like I'm getting in trouble about something. Yeah, so Lexi (laughs) Lexi is what you'll go by. Yeah. So, all right, now you grew up in North Dakota. You went to Mm -hmm. school 15 minutes away from where you grew up. Yes. And you went to a deep two program, U of Mary. Yes. Correct. But you didn't start out being a runner first and foremost. You started out as a figure skater. I started being a figure skater when I was three and a half. Till how old? Till I graduated high school, so I was 18. Oh, wow. So in terms of your athletic career, you're actually more of a veteran figure skater than you are a distance runner. Yes, precisely. So growing up as a figure skater... Like, were competitions on weekends? Was it big travel trips, like, week-long stuff? What was the practice training schedule like? Um, kind of just, like, running. Um, For me, I was an individual skater, and I also skated on the synchronized skating team. I skated almost every single day, except I would have, like, one day off. Mostly it's always on Sundays, but it would be, like, anywhere, because I would have individual practices, and then I also have synchro, and synchro is, like, two to three times a week. But it could sometimes... And year-round? Yep. Well, it's year-round, so we have some, like, we have do an ice show in March, and then it's, like, two weeks off, two weeks to four weeks off or whatever, and then summer skating starts. And then you take a little break after summer, and then you start back up for fall. So when you started with cross-country in high school, then, would you double up? Once I'm done with school, I would go straight to skating for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And then days that I would have hard workouts, like, my coach would actually... So the rink up north, um, and we'd always do hard workouts at this place called Kiwanis Park back at home. 
It's actually like a solid maybe it's like 12 to 15 minute run from there down. So I would actually warm up from the rink, from practice, run down, do my workout. My coaches would wait for me. And sometimes I wouldn't be doing a workout till like maybe 5 o'clock. Um, and they would wait for me, do my workout with me, and then I would cool down back up to my car. Wow, so it was, <laughs> it was busy. I mean, yeah. and especially when you have competitions, mm-hmm. you would still have skating practice on the days. Yep. Um, the good thing about cross country and track was that my skating competitions fell in between. Like, we didn't have indoor track where I'm from. Yeah. So as soon as, like, cross would be done, that's when I would start competing more. Um, for skating and as soon as skating is done that's when I'd start track more so it kind of like had the perfect bubble of not interfering with like competitions of anything would you run that much during winter time when you were still doing competitive skating um yeah I just went on runs that were like not hard workouts so yeah, just some no runs to keep yeah. like keep myself in the running loop and everything when did you start realizing that running may become more of your focus I think more so as actually like going into my senior year, I ended up not, I I stopped doing synchronized skating after junior year and I just did individual my senior year of high school um, because I knew that if I wanted to go to college, I, the only way I could really afford it is if I got a scholarship somewhere Mm -hmm. and you can't get scholarships for skating. And I knew running, I could, that's when like, like going to uh, practices for running felt more important than skating did because I wasn't competing for the team. I was just doing individual, and I didn't feel like there was so much pressure on me to do both at the same time anymore. What What were your high school times, if you remember? I remember my mile time because <laughs> I did a workout last year in high in college where I was like, "Wow, this was my mile PR." But it was a five eleven was my mile okay. PR, yeah. and um, I. Never won an individual state title. Uh, the closest I ever was was, like, for cross-country. I, I was runner-up my junior year. Uh-huh. And then for track, I think my highest place was, like, a fourth-place finish. And uh, was you, Mary, your number one choice, or were you having debate between which school to go to? Yeah, my high school coach had to get in contact with them because they never contacted me at all. I had contacted, I think, from Nebraska and NDSU and some D3 schools, but not really a D1 school or D2 school at all. Um, so she got in contact with them because she's actually a teacher out at Mary. So yeah. she used to actually be a coach. Um, so she knew the coach as well? Yeah. Uh, Janelle Olsen, she used to run for Adam State, went to Mary, or Bismarck High also. like She's the one that like helped me like get involved, get, get to know Coach Newell. I ended up having, like, my last two choices was between NDSU and Mary. So going to um, Mary, being 15 minutes away from home, how is the adjustment from high school where you're doing, obviously, cross-country, figure skating, track, to now running year-round? It was different. Um, actually, I felt more relief because I wasn't stressing on having to go to skating and going to um, track practice and all that. Uh but, like, my degree kind of turned it into being a little bit stressful. Um, going to school for athletic training, I wasn't just taking care of myself as an athlete. I had practicals with, like, I was also put on other teams to take care of their athletes. So I had a full... So you're going to multiple practices. Yeah, I don't have just my practice, I have their practice. There's some nights where it's, like, 
I would have my practice at regular time, but I would have to go to a game. That game doesn't get over till like ten thirty. Wake up and I have class at eight o'clock the next day. But with all of that, you had a pretty successful college career. Most people at home, if you're not familiar with Lexi individually, she was a thirteen time All American, three time national champion at Division Two. Uh, you went undefeated in cross country with the exception of three races your last three years. Two of those were nationals. You were runner-up one year. You were 13th one year. And then you also were national champion one year. Mm-hmm. And then the other uh, race that you were defeated in, you were like seventh in the race, but it was a D1 race, correct? No, that wasn't uh, cross country. I, I actually lost in a region meet. Um, oh, regionals. Yeah, regionals, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I ended up second to Emily Trost of uh, Minnesota Duluth. Um, Who's now at Team USA, Minnesota. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. And so, yeah, those, so two nationals and then the region meet, those are the only three that I ended up losing. But. Yeah, and I mean, runner-up in two of those races. So your consistency at being fairly competitive in most competitions you went into, granted going to a D to school especially up in North Dakota you're racing some smaller meets yeah but you learned how to win most of the races you were in do you feel like competing as a competitive figure skater early on helped ease the anxiety nerves that come along with some of those bigger competitions when you're in high school and then in college yeah definitely um I felt like I kind of knew what to expect I think just starting at such a young age, I was able to control my emotions. And I'm not saying, like, my emotions are still fully controlled. Like, I still have, like, my moments. But, like, I'm able to understand what I'm going into because I've been at that level before. Even though your career was successful, you had pretty conservative training. Yes. Your your peak mileage in college was, what, 50, 55 miles? 55, yeah. And I know the reason, but... What was the reason why you didn't go higher than that? Um, my sophomore year, I started going higher, um, and I and, ended up. And what do you, what's higher? Like just higher than fifty-five. Like, yeah. So I think like as soon as 60, I went, right? yeah, as soon as I went over that, I ended up having a stress fracture in my um, right shin. Um, and that was during indoor season. Yeah, and we also you Mary had a really old crappy track, one hundred and sixty meters on the inside, one hundred ninety on the outside. And weather during. Uh, winter in North Dakota, it's a lot of ice, yep. right? and you run, like, you don't run outside. You run inside because your your chances of hurting yourself on the outside running is higher than running on a treadmill inside because it's so, it's way too icy. The wind can it gets so bad there, um, especially when you're at Umer. You're up on a hill, mm-hmm. so it gets a lot windier up there. Um, but, like, from that... I started to do a lot more cross-training with the bike. Um, I only kept it at 55 miles. I actually was way too scared to really go over anything because I wanted to stay healthy. But to help increase my endurance, I did do the cross-training just to keep keep everything healthy. And, and Coach Noel, I mean, he's a proponent of the balance, right, mm-hmm. between cross-training and, and running. Yeah. I know he's lectured at the U.S. TFCCCA Coaches Convention mm-hmm. about it. And he, he likes the cross-training. He does it a lot for a lot of our athletes. And a lot of them have had really good success with it. Like, I had a teammate that was um, All-American. I think she was only running, like, 35 miles a week and doing way more cross-training. And so, like, I know that it is possible to 
Well, and you, you can look at it too, like if you're not running outside, you're forced to kind of be indoors. Mm-hmm. It helps balance out the amount of stimulus you're doing on a treadmill where you don't have a lot of variance or yeah. an indoor track where you're turning consistently. I know a lot of athletes that have gotten hurt coming out of indoor track because of the repetitiveness of the turning, mm-hmm. especially most indoor tracks have a concrete underlay. So yeah. it tends to be a little bit different than what you're used to if you're running outside. Yeah. Um, I know with my stress fracture, I actually didn't redshirt or anything. I just, because it came at the end of indoor season. So you ran nationals. I ran nationals and I actually missed podium by 0.03 seconds. Um, I got out leaned. You remember it that clearly. I remember it that clearly. Um, I was right at the line, leaning, and I missed it. I was second. Were you closing or did you get caught? Do you remember that? I was closing. I was closing in. Um, there was like three of us, actually. Um, so it was it was fought till the end. Um, after that, I did take a couple weeks to like, like just, I took, I think, like three days off, and then I just did some cross training for about two weeks. And, um... And that was your sophomore year, you said? Yep. And I did end up uh, running outdoor. I did qualify for outdoor nationals that year. Um, was that your first outdoor nationals? Yeah. Cause you had, was that the year you won cross country? Yep. That was yeah. the year I ran cross country, actually. Um, I've, I went to every single nationals throughout college except for one, which is my freshman outdoor year. Your freshman outdoor track year? Yep. I actually I missed going in the 10K by two people and in the mile or in the 1500 by 0.09 seconds so they took I was the last one out where'd you place freshman cross country um I was 21st so you went from 21st to first in one year yeah um my freshman year actually was in Louisville Kentucky and the course got outrained so part of the course was flooded so it was actually 800 meters short than a full 6k so I feel like if there was like that extra distance I probably could have like place a little bit higher but I was really we didn't qualify as a team that year I actually went individually but then started my sophomore year we qualified for my team and they have qualified as a team ever since so which is kind of crazy to think about that like I mean a national champion as a sophomore but never a state champion when you're in high school yeah closest you got like you said was runner-up a couple times Mm mm-hmm did you find that competing at college was that much different? Like, what what do you think made the big jump from high school to college? Definitely not doing multiple sports. That definitely right. helped. And then also something my mom told me that I kind of lived by, and I still live by, is, like, start fresh, start your new journey, like, rewrite <laughs> your story. like. Which sounds like what we told you when you were becoming a pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, that's exactly like what my mom told me, and I was like, you're right, Like, it's time to be the runner I know I can be, and it's like, that's kind of when everything just started to click. Um, and Coach Noel, he really, like, the training he does just fit like perfectly with what I needed. Now, as a post-collegiate, we've gotten you up to, now you're about 60 miles a week. You've hit yeah. 55 to 60, which is the most you've ever done. I actually hit 65 miles. You did, yes. I did hit right. 65 miles. So with that, in terms of now the intensity of training with a little bit higher volume, what has been the biggest thing you've had to adjust to after college? I think definitely I've learned to have to really rest and recover. Like That's something that I've had to really like focus myself in like I can't just like in college I could go do a workout and like go out with my friends that night and go to a workout the next day 
I can't do that anymore. Like, I know I need my body, my body to relax and rest up because I know I'll have another hard workout, like, two days from now. So yeah. it's, like, and I know that this is, like, what I want to do. And it's, like, I have time for that stuff when I'm done with running. Or in the off-season. Or in the off-season, too, yeah. yeah. But, like, for now, it's, like, this is, this is, like, my job. I know that I need to bump up my mileage because if I want to run a half, run a marathon, like, I need to build that up nice and slowly so that I don't hurt myself, like, along the way, like, um, by just jumping too high, too fast. Do you fast. think the marathon is your ideal distance? I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't really on my mind until you, you guys kept saying that I could be a good marathoner, so <laughs> who well, knows? And some of that, too, is, like, we see it in training. You get better as the distance gets longer. So I think eventually once your volume gets to a place where we feel comfortable moving you up there, you could see where you'd be a decent decent long distance runner at, on the roads. Mm -hmm. um, because road racing, especially at the post-collegiate level, kind of mimics what you experience in cross-country, which cross-country was your bread and butter in college. Yeah. Um, you've had two road races thus far. You've had two post-collegiate races, but two road races. Mm -hmm. Um, where you were 12th at the U or 11th, no 12th. I was 12th. Yeah. At the U S 10 mile champs. And then that was your first post collegiate race. And then you were seventh at the Pittsburgh 10 mile, mm -hmm. um, both losing to some very good women when you were racing there. I mean, you had what Molly Huddle, Sarah Hall, yeah. <laughs> Kellen Taylor in, uh, you had Kellen Taylor in both races. Yeah, I did. Um, what's it like lining up on a starting line now with, runners that you idolized and now you're competing against versus what you've become accustomed to. Again, we're going to keep, bring, keep bringing up the D2 thing because we we have a large contingent of D2, D3 runners on our team. I, would, I came from a D2 background. Aliyah came from a D2 background. Mm -hmm. And we like the development that a lot of D2, D3 athletes can show at the post-collegiate level, especially one with the success that you had in college. Um but it is a different level when now you're on the starting line against Molly Huddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just say I really needed the panic to be calm. You guys helped me with the panic before <laughs> yeah. my first one. Uh, and then also having Willie there, too, was very helpful. Um, Keep things lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think just, like, going to... The nice thing was that the U.S. 10 mile champs, they were in Minneapolis, close to my home state, like right across the board. My parents got to come and watch me run, um, so that really helped. And so I, some stuff like I told myself like before, I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. This is like I'm meant to do this. I'm meant to start a um, line up on the line with uh, these runners. These are the runners that I looked up to, and now I want to be like them. And so that's something that like, really helped also calm my nerves um and then I just know that I was like trust my like I was like I have to trust my training my training has been going very well going into this um I know that I am faster than I was years prior yeah a couple months before yeah. yeah and so like and I've only was in Colorado for at least a month at that time yeah you had only been training with us yeah. for a month you had been training for like coming off your break July and August, you had been training by yourself at home. Yep. You took the month of June off, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, Post-nationals, be able to hang out with family. Yeah. Um, 
but even workouts in July and August were pretty conservative. Mm -hmm. um, even what you did when you first moved out here, we had to adjust you those first two weeks to altitude. Mm -hmm. We weren't planning on having you do the U.S. 10-mile champs. Yeah. <laughs> but two weeks before the race, you wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I want to get out and race. Like I was like, I don't want to wait for like another month or so. I was like, it's time to see where I'm at right now. Um, I already feel like I'm in better shape at this time than I was the year before. And so, and one thing that really showed that I was in shape was like my first tempo down here. I did a five mile tempo and I think I averaged like 5.45 and I was like, I could barely average like 5.55 back at home. Yeah. Like that, that was a struggle for me. So it was, like, yeah, it was not only one of your fastest tempos, it was also one of your longest tempos mm -hmm. you had done up to that point. Yeah. So, um, just like that I was like it's time to test it out and um test the waters and see like what I can do on the roads and um 10 mile chance was definitely a good one to open up with like I said being close to home back in the midwest like the morning like the day of the race I was like I cannot wait like I just want to start this race now yeah. so it was very exciting and I was like when I crossed the finish I was like I was 12th like <laughs> In my first pro race, like that's, I was two places out from top 10. Like, that's. Yeah. And you got to compete against some girls yeah. that you were used to competing against in college. Yeah, there's a which, few in there. Which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a month, you race your second 10 mile race. I was at Pittsburgh. A lot different course. It's yeah. a lot hillier. <laughs> a lot of bridges. Yeah, and you were seventh there, and the six runners in front of you were very accomplished Rochelle Canujo, mm -hmm. Kellen Taylor, uh, Megan Kripchen. What was that like now where it's a smaller field than what you had at the U.S. 10-mile champs? You're, you're placing slightly higher, but the women that beat you are very good women. Yeah. At, the, at this one, um, I think I was more of like, this is a race where it's a lot hillier. And it kind of reminded me more of cross country because a lot of cross races are a lot hillier. And so I kind of like took that into the mindset. And I was like, I've had a whole other month of training. And... There's also some very good athletes, again, in this race. Um, I was like, let's see what I can do now with another month of training against them. And um, I think during it, I kind of freaked myself out a little bit at the start. The start was, like, up a hill, so I was like, okay, but... Um, Redlining right away. Yeah, and then we also had to wait 20 minutes after being already warmed up and everything. Because, For introductions and stuff. Um, no, they, the course, they said it was like something, some roads weren't getting blocked, and so oh. that's why we had to wait so long. So I was already like warmed up, and I was it was cold that morning, very cold. So I think it took me a little bit longer. It took me about three miles to really feel like I was in rhythm. And um, and you closed like a freight train in that one. Last, yeah, I did. last 5K. Um, you ran down... The, the woman that ended up finishing eighth, but she was in seventh yeah. part of it. Yeah, um, I, I had a guy actually help me during that. Um, he was like, you can catch her, like, to me. And he grins up next to me, and he goes, like, you can catch her. And I was, like, kind of thinking, I was like, okay. <laughs> to him, I was like, okay, help me. And he, yeah. like, helped pace me. He actually, like, helped me surge to her. Like, he, we would surge for a little bit, then kind of steady out, and then we would surge. So I caught her about mile seven and a half. And then I stayed with her until, like, the last mile. And then with the last mile, with, like, the first 800, we kind of kept going back and forth. Like, one went, and then I would catch up, and then I would go, and she would catch up to me. And then finally with, like, 800 to go, I just, like, went for it. And I was, like, 
that's when I finally was like, I didn't hear it behind me anymore. I was like, hey, just keep this. And the bad thing about Pittsburgh 10 Mile is like, the straight, like the finish line is right in front of you, but it's so like, you, you it. can see it for like 600 meters. And you're like, it's never ending. Yeah. That's how I felt. But it was, it was so nice. Like the atmosphere around there. A lot of the people were always by the bridges and everything, so there wasn't a lot of people, like, on the course cheering you on, but, like, small businesses, they would, like, come out, like, people would sit outside the small businesses and, like, cheer on in the, like, more rural areas, but, like, as soon as, like, you cross that finish line, there's so many people around, so it was, it was really cool and a very good event, especially being, like, in downtown Pittsburgh. Now, the biggest accomplishment for you that weekend was it was your first travel trip alone. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so nervous. Checking at the ticket kiosk. <laughs> so nervous. Yeah. Um, What's, yeah. What, uh, real quick, I've talked to you about this before. What is the number one rule of traveling as a post-collegiate runner? Oh, gosh. Um, just have my backpack. There you go. So what is it? Don't check a bag. They made me check my bag in. Yeah. But why don't we check a bag? So that people don't have to wait for you for the bus to go to yeah, the hotel. So <laughs> two reasons. One, so they can't lose your bag. Yeah. And two, nobody wants to wait for the runner that checked the bag. Yeah. Most people carry carry-ons. So you did a great job handling travel. You car- tried to carry everything. <laughs> I did on the way back. I was able to, but United made me check my bag on because I had shoes on both sides and they wouldn't let, they said it was too much. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Runner problems. Yeah. <laughs> too but, many shoes. Yeah. How, how is that? So it's your first time traveling solo, not just to a competition, but in general. Mm. There's a little bit of anxiety that comes along with that the first time you do it, but it's a good experience to do it. Now, as a as a post-collegiate in one of your first competitions, because there it might come a time where you have to do that again. Yeah. And it teaches you to be a little bit self-sufficient, as opposed to in college where everything is kind of handled yeah. for you, buying tickets, booking hotels, all of that stuff. Definitely. And then, like, when I got there, um, there was already a couple people, like Briowetch and um, Susan Tanui, and so, like, I met them for the first time. They train in Colorado, too, so, like... It was nice to have other people there from the same area, like, getting to know them. So I was, like, hanging out with them a lot. But, like, everyone around there kind of, like, hung out with each other, like, went out to dinner and all that. So it was nice. It felt, like, felt welcomed with everybody. Isn't that unique, though, too? Because, yeah. like, we talk about college where it's, like, you look at other schools and other competitors as, like, <laughs> yeah. this is your enemy. Yeah. And now as a post-collegiate, it's, like... There's a certain camaraderie that comes along on these travel trips when mm-hmm. you're just hanging out at the hotel for two days prior to the race with nobody other than your competitors. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go pre-race with your competitor. You go eat with your competitor. You become friends more so than enemies. Yep. I added my room to myself, though. Yeah, I didn't have a roommate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So both races so far, I haven't had a roommate. Yeah. It's fortunate. There's a lot of runners <laughs> at home that envy you. So now, looking looking ahead, those first two races went went fairly well. What do you think it's going to take for you to keep improving? Um, definitely outside of training, outside of training. like stimulus stuff, like what you have to do, lifestyle, what you have to do, mindset. Just come up with this. I think it's more so just coming up with your routine, the one that you know is going to help you become. Um, that better athlete. I think for me, like, first time ever moving away from home, 
Um, I've had to learn a lot of stuff. Like, right now I'm in the process of trying to get my car insured in the state of Colorado. <laughs> and, yeah. like, that's a process. And so I'm doing all this big kid stuff now. Like You got a passport. Yeah, I got a passport for the first time, but they still messed up my last name. So yeah. how did they spell it? L-E-I-S. So, Instead of Z-E-I-S. Yep, so now I have to go back and get that fixed. And I just think, for me... Um, it's being around people that have gone through what I'm going through right now and having them teach me ways to overcome. Like, right now I'm working a lot just to... Because Boulder's expensive. Boulder's very expensive, so I work a lot just to make it by. I literally pay for my rent, groceries, gas, and that's about it. I don't have the money to go out and do... Um, concerts, concerts and all that like I mean I can go to the mountains and all that like I can do that like back at home like there's nothing you can really do you just yeah. look there's a prairie but like here like I'm able to like go into the mountains for a while like go to Netherland or go to Estes Park and just walk just around explore. explore and so I think just with like here like from now and moving forward it's just learning to um develop that lifestyle of like growing up doing all big kid stuff now like preparing for what's coming next for races and everything yeah we've said the biggest adjustment that most athletes have to make coming from a collegiate background to then as a post-collegiate is how to be an adult everyone thinks they're an adult until Mm -hmm. they're forced to be an adult for the first time and the ones that can do that the quickest tend to have a little bit more of that success right away That first year is always an adjustment period out of college, but you've been able to perform thus far fairly well. The the social structure, the like adulting structure at home, that's been the biggest adjustment for you, but you're handling it well. I mean, trying to come up with recipes to cook on your own for the first time. (laughs) Yep. Pinterest, my best friend right now. And Shailene Flanagan's cookbook, that one too. Yeah. (laughs) Shailene Flanagan has been a, a big asset to you. Yes. Um, speaking of which, what's your favorite recipe from that book? Uh, the quinoa salad. I'm just basing the name on it right now. The quinoa salad? Yeah. It's very popular, too. A lot of people like it. Um, there's also the superhero muffins. Those are my favorite. Yeah, you've t- I've heard you talk about those quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah but 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 becoming an adult is a challenge, and there's no perfect guidebook for mm-hmm. that. Um, obviously, like Aliyah and myself are here as assets, but at the same time, there's a lot of lessons you have to figure out on your own, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to like things like what you had with the passport issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, you're performing well at that. Now we had a couple questions online that people had asked um, as you. You and like you were talking about doing this podcast, people kind of threw questions at you. Mm-hmm. Um, the first question is, do you feel faster now because of altitude? Um, I okay. So the first and you've been here such a short like time, three right? months. Yeah, like I think it's three months this week. So um, for me, I have barely been back down to sea level except for two times, and I was going to Minneapolis and then going to Pittsburgh. And I do tell, I can tell the difference from running at altitude to um, going back down. Um, and what I've noticed is that, like, you're putting in the same effort, but I feel like I'm not, like, dying as fast during the workout once I get back down to sea level. 
Here I feel like I'm having to put more effort, which is helping me because a lot more races are at sea level. So I feel like the altitude is definitely like, I feel like I am getting faster. But it's not just with the altitude, it's just with the training I have now. It's a lot different compared to college and I'm training for different stuff now, like the 10 mile. Like, never ran longer than a 10k in college. So like, I feel like the longer distance and all that is really like helping me. What was your, what was your longest run in college? Like twelve and a half miles. So now you're racing almost close to your long yeah. run distance in, in college. Yeah, I think my longest one now is like fourteen miles. Yeah. Well, and and not to mention too, like you're only at the time that you ran your first ten mile, you were running fifty five miles a week. Mm -hmm. So you're running fifty five miles a week, and then going straight into a ten mile road race, like that's a hard adjustment. Yeah. But. Um, the altitude, what we always say, is that it's it's not that the pace necessarily feels easier, but like you said, the threshold at which you start getting tired, mm -hmm. it takes a little bit longer to hit that threshold. Yeah. Um, so the speed of the race may still feel a little bit challenging. Mm -hmm. Right out the gun, like you saw at Pittsburgh, where you felt like you are redlining, but your body then plateaus a little bit sooner to where you can withstand that pace a mm -hmm. little bit longer. Um, it'll be interesting to see once we start increasing your volume, how you do at some of those longer distances, because like you said at Pittsburgh, once you caught that one, uh, woman at, at around seven and a half, then the racing instincts kick in mm -hmm. more so than where you're at within the race. Now you're just trying to beat that person to the line. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we're the most excited with you is you know how to race. And so now if we can get the fitness up to the level that it will take to compete at this consistently uh with some of the women that you'll face on a regular basis your ability to compete will will serve you well especially if you get into those u.s road racing championships and track championships um which is some of the goals that you want this next year right yeah like u.s cross country is a big focus for you this next year mm -hmm. and potentially that 10k that our group's putting on yeah. in, in february uh, for those that don't know at home, our group is hosting a high-performance 10K on the track at UC San Diego on February 17th. It'll be a men's and women's 10K going after Olympic trials, Olympic qualification times. A lot of high-profile athletes across the country will be there. Um, if you're in the San Diego area, definitely worth checking out. Lexi is hoping to be on that track as well. What do you yes. think that will be like so your 10k PR coming out of college is what uh 3347 and, and you just did that I just did this past spring yep um down in Mount Sac uh for me that was a huge jump I think I PR by a minute 20 um yeah about a minute 20 so for me that's uh I felt like even after that race I could have ran faster and you were um, seventh in that race I was actually 10th Tenth in that, but um, and it's mostly post collegiate division one competition. Yep. Um, so I was actually the highest placing D two athlete there. Yeah. So, like, um, but I think coming off to this race, uh, I'm excited because it's more of the post collegiate people's more of the elite athletes. Um, and it's another test at my fitness of how I'm doing post collegially and everything. And it's just gonna be a fun weekend too. I mean. Um, San Diego is beautiful. I've never been to San Diego, so this yeah. is uh, quite exciting. And it's like February; it's gonna be warm. Like, um, it's uh, 
and I think the whole team's going, so it's going to be like just kind of a big party in San Diego for a bunch of runners that weekend. Especially <laughs> on a holiday weekend. Yeah. Where most people have that Monday off. Yep. Um, and the other thing, too, is you know in order to, one, not get embarrassed, but two, to like be with people, you're going to have to run pretty dang fast. Yep. So. And I want to run fast. <laughs> yeah, so it's a good opportunity for you to get a time exceeding what you've already done but yeah. to put you at least in that that category of good post-collegiate woman mm-hmm. um now next question that somebody asked favorite things about going to a d2 school um did you look at it as a d2 school or did you just look at it like you were racing the competition you were up against well okay so one thing that really brought me to you mary was that when i visited with coach newell he told me he was like your chances of making a national meet are higher at running a D2 level than it is a D1. You might not see a national meet till you're a senior or just a, running a fifth year. And I definitely believed him on that. And I knew for myself, I was like, I don't think right now I am at the level where I could run D1. Um, I think I can compete at a D2 level. And so I think I just felt, I feel like D2 like is like, Everyone kind of knows everybody as a D2 level. Like, I know people from uh, Western, Chico State, Adam State, like, Grand Valley, like, all them. Like, and, like, we still keep, like, I keep in touch with some of the runners from there. And, I mean, it's probably the same way at a D1 level, but I just felt like at D2, especially, like, at Mary, like, I just felt at home. Um, I felt like I belonged when it came to running on the track. Um... And I'm sure that has to do with all types of levels with anybody that's going to, like, either D3, D2, D1. You want to feel at home when you're running there. And so I don't know about it being, like, my favorite thing of being D2. I think just being in the culture of you marry was, like, my favorite thing. Um, We had a very good track and field and cross program already coming in. And, like, I wanted to continue that legacy. Um, And so... That was, like, my biggest thing was help keep this family and the legacy going. Keep the culture, like, how it is. Build a bigger, better culture. like. And, and you guys placed the highest as a team that they ever had while you were yeah, there. Yeah. Um, my senior year, we got second. Uh, 11 points from first. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. When you look at your UMary career, someone else had also asked, what has been your biggest win and your biggest loss slash obstacle in your career thus far? I think my biggest, like, let's start with, like, my biggest loss. Like, my biggest loss, I think, was just, like, when it doesn't have to do particularly with the race. It has to do more so with the season. My, I actually, for outdoor track, I only was All-American one one time. I was first team All-American one time and second team All-American one time. And so I just felt like my biggest loss was not continuing my success from indoor to outdoor. Um... I had the potential to qualify, but I just couldn't. It was such a long season that just I just wore out by the end. Mm-hmm. And I think just, like, that in general, it's not just one particular race. It's just kind of, like, fading out. And then with my biggest win, it's, like, it has to do with the team events or the team stuff. We won conference. Um, indoor, outdoor, my freshman year, and then we didn't win again until my senior year. Um, we went, we won um, conference cross country my junior senior year. We won region cross country my junior senior. Year. 
So it's like the biggest win was winning those big team titles because um, that's always what you're doing. You want to win for the school. You want to win for the team. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we always talked about. That was a big motto for us was like we're a family. We're running for our family and making making history as like winning the first ever. That was like my junior year was the first time you Mary Cross Country has ever won a conference title and a region title. So like it, we took some big steps the past few years. Now, someone else asked, what goes through your head during long runs? Now, long runs are a lot harder now than <laughs> yeah. what used to be in college. Now, we have, like, up-tempos during ours, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you even think? Do you just I don't even that? think I don't think. I don't think I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think during college, it was more so, like, well, another day for a long run. <laughs> and you're socializing the whole time. Yeah, and then, like... Um, but the crappy part was at home, you would have to run on a treadmill sometimes for a long run. And yeah, especially so, like winter, yeah. So that was definitely a drag. Sometimes I wouldn't go on my long run until maybe 7 o'clock at night on a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I think just now I do like the up-tempo long runs. So they do go by a lot quicker now because you have a faster section than your long run. And But I really now I kind of just enjoy the scenery around me because where I run now is just beautiful because I have the mountains and all that. So, Do you, A lot of people talk about flow state when they have a really good race, when they have really good workouts. Do you find that now with some of the longer tempos, longer mm-hmm. up-tempo long runs where you're locking into a rhythm with a teammate next to you? Um, do you? Are you starting to feel that kind of flow state where it just feels like you could look back and you don't remember most of the run. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like are locked in. Yeah, um, definitely. I think my last one that I did was with Aaliyah. And we did it from the office here. And I had just a really good, like, I just felt locked in with this run. Like, um, and definitely having Aaliyah there for a lot of stuff has really helped with learning to lock in with the pace and progress instead of starting and going down and just trying to hold yeah 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 because that's one of the things that we've been trying to teach you the most is like most post-collegiates especially coming from a background like yourself where you're used to just going out hard and trying Mm -hmm. to race those around you is being a little bit more even keeled when it comes to pacing pacing is always difficult because you're so used to running by feel on a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um has that been a challenge do you enjoy Um, trying to like do that a little bit more consistently yeah, I think definitely, because I didn't really have a lot of, like, somebody to train with uh, my senior year. It was more so kind of by myself. I mean, I was with my team, but, like, my pace-wise was, like, different. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, um, yeah, with that. And so now having, like, people to really do pace work with is very nice. Um, well, especially, I mean, when you're on a treadmill, you just keep up with the belt. You don't even have to think. Whereas yeah. now outside, it's a little bit more active. Yep. And, um, like, right now, I'd be running on a treadmill back at home because there's, like, a winter storm that just went through. So, right now, like, running here, it's, like, um, I get to run outside more freely and learn to adapt to that kind of pace work and become more focused in on, like, hey, like, I got to stay at this pace. I can work down from there. Now, the last question, and then we'll end end tonight's conversation that someone asked was, this is kind of a joint question because it's, somebody asked this 
two different people asked a similar question mm -hmm. was uh, when you're down and out or when training gets hard, what keeps you going and what drives you to get better? Um, say I'm having like a bad workout or like I'm kind of injured or something like that. Like something that keeps me going is knowing that like this is not how like this is just a one-time thing I can get over this bump um I know that um I've dealt with injuries before I've dealt with losses before where it's put me in a down mood and I was like I will come back even stronger than I was before and that's something that really motivates me going into a lot of stuff like I know I've been at this level before and now I'm gonna make myself faster than I was before um it's just keeping that mental state of knowing that, like, hey, like, you're stronger than this. Like, you can come back from this, um, especially with, like, workouts. If I have a bad workout, like, I'm, like, I get five minutes to emotionally, mentally capture it all, and then it's time to move on and get ready for the next day. Well, especially in our system where mm -hmm. you have another workout coming mm -hmm. relatively soon. You don't have too much time to, to dwell on it. Yep. And then, like... That's something that I've really learned to use is like, hey, this is taking it day by day. Like, do not focus in on what's coming up at the end of the week. Focus on the first thing that's coming at the beginning of the week. Um, Race-wise, if I have a bad race, I get 24 hours <laughs> and that's it. And then it's time to buckle down and start turning again. So it's always just stay staying, like, staying positive mentally. I mean, like, I've had times where I wasn't positive about stuff, like we all are, and so, um, but I try to teach myself that every day, like, sometimes I'll write down stuff, like, I have something going through my mind, I'll actually write it in a journal, so, like, write it down, um, especially goals and all that, so that's something, I, I've learned that writing stuff really does help when you're feeling down and out about something. Well, especially as part of a team, if mm -hmm. you're feeling down and out, and you let it come through with your ability to relate to those around you it might also affect those mm -hmm. around you um not saying hide feelings or mask feelings but it's learning how to put things into perspective so that even if things aren't going as ideal as you would like them to personally you can still be there as a good support system for those around you mm -hmm. um, and vice versa yeah yeah, I definitely always say, like, being a good teammate is what makes you a better athlete. Um, team is something that I really live by, uh, especially, like, coming from a pretty strong team. Like, that's the thing I like about Roots is, like, it's a, it's a, not just a team, but, like, it's a family. Like, you bring everybody in, and, like, that's something that I was really looking for in a team when I was searching for post-collegiate running um, teams. Well, and... You as an athlete, we're excited about your potential, partially because we know you're a gamer. And so even though you're a student of the sport, you look up to a lot of the people that you compete against in the sport, you're also not afraid to line up on the starting line against them mm -hmm. when you're racing. All right, well, thanks, Lexi. We'll have you back to give some updates down the road. Um, in the meantime, uh, we'll try to be a little bit more consistent with some of our podcast episodes, so check back to see what we have coming up. All right. Thanks, guys.